Good morning, Ram Nation, and welcome in to DNVR Rams Live, presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined by my good friend, Andre Simone. We've got a lot to talk about today. CSU basketball, 7-0, top 20 team in the country, coming off of a massive win over the Buffs. Uh, we're going to talk big picture. CSU football, unfortunately, came up short, uh, but we'll kind of talk about what comes next for the program, what we hope to see them build off of, all that fun stuff. And uh, at the end, we're going to talk a little conference championship action before we uh, and uh, while we also get into our final takeaways there. Dre, I'm a little tired. It was a long night going up to, to Moby and back. It was just a sick atmosphere. I mean, honestly, one of the the better sporting atmospheres I've ever been in. Just the, the noise was deafening. Uh, I, I want to start with your thoughts on storming the court and just kind of <laughs> people being cops, man. I don't understand why every time this happens, folks have to, to get in their feelings about college students having fun. It was a great night, really competitive game between you know, rivals at CSU's first hoops win over CU since 2017. After the, the way the football game played out, I mean, I feel like it was completely justified despite the fact that the Rams were, you know, a ranked team and, and favored in the matchup. Rivalry's back. Rivalry's back. I've been telling people for a long time that these colleges matter in the state. I remember a kid coming in the summer. Um, and you know, like the early nineties, like how much these programs mattered, how much those were kind of these sports teams in this state, uh, behind the Broncos, how much that rivalry mattered, uh, especially then. Um, so yeah, be cops all you want. Try to judge how college kids are going to react to a big win, um, but you're probably missing the point. This is a this is a rivalry in all sports. This is a rivalry like this is some carryover from that the an epic showdown. Um, I mean, e- epic. I think is right. No matter what side you were on, that was an all timer. The atmosphere, the numbers, uh, the stage said it all. And uh, yeah, this was some payback on the uh, on the Rams side. And I think the fans had a little more fun with it. I think it's also fun that, you know, the buff side can't talk about storming the court or field as a ranked home favorite, um, which I've seen some fun stuff on Twitter, lighthearted on that side, which you enjoy to see. It's yeah, this, to, is, this is everything that makes the rivalry fun. It's the back and forth. It's proof that both sides absolutely care about this. You can't say that they don't. And I mean, especially on the, the basketball side, this is a game that should be played every year. It's good for the state. I believe it was CU's only home sellout last year was the CSU game. Um, I, You know, it's CSU's first home sellout of the year. I still think that St. Mary's should be a sellout as well coming up as well as some of these big conference games. Uh, keep packing Moby, guys. This is an epic atmosphere. It's a lot of fun, uh, but I just wanted to say, let the college kids have fun before we get into some of oh, the... And like, Moby, look, if you don't think this is a college basketball state, please don't go to Moby Arena. I beg you, do not go to Moby Arena. Do not go see the Rams play hoops in their home arena. Definitely don't go while they're playing a rival because your mind is going to be fucking blown. And in the last 10 years plus... With what these two programs have been able to do, this is becoming a college basketball state. These programs kind of alternate NCAA tournament appearance. And like it just matters more. The stakes are higher. The teams are better. And guess what? It feels like they're only getting better. And we have a real college hoops atmosphere and arena in the state and have for a minute now. And like, keep sleeping, keep sleeping all you want and then be surprised when you see all that passion, you see all that noise and you see the fans storming the court because of how much this rivalry means and how much this team means to that uh, college institution specifically. Like, 
stay woke, baby, or keep sleeping. But like, this is going to keep happening to you. Regardless, this is the world we live in. This is 2023 in Colorado. It's a beautiful time to be alive. I love how you set that up. I think this team can be generational and we're going to get into it. Um, Just a really cool moment, though, for this community, which is essentially what Dre's alluding to. A couple of guys I can't help but be happy for. Nico Medved, obviously a really tough performance in Boulder last year. One of the few times I left a CSU basketball game, genuinely just shaking my head like, wow, what what happened there? What what was that effort? He was he was feeling the same way. He he would, you know, absolutely (laughs) echo those statements. But I, I just with what he's been able to build with this program, it's so cool to see the the fans and just everybody completely bought in. I mean, Fort Collins is all in on this program in a major way, and they should be. They just throttled Creighton. You know, their their last three wins are over an ACC team, a Big East team, and now a Pac-12 team. And they still have an opportunity here to get another Pac-12 win. Potentially, Washington's going to be a tough test. CSU set themselves up nicely now to where if they fall in a neutral site game to a high major team, it's not going to hurt the resume too much. But I'm just happy for all these guys. For Isaiah Stevens, especially. I mean, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone and played pro if he wanted to. He could have gotten a bag to go play for any number of Big 12 teams. He's a Texas kid. I guarantee you, you know, any of those teams would have loved to have him. And you see, God, he was on one last night. I'll get into it in just a sec. He took over in, in some big stretches in this game. But I'm just happy for those guys. And I'm happy for Neat Clifford, who obviously came over from CU essentially, you know, it's one of those situations where it it just worked out best for both sides. I'm not trying to take shots. You know, Neek probably knew that it was best for him to leave. And I think he was, you know, to an extent kind of run off by Tad Boyle and his staff. They knew they were bringing in Cody Williams, who, by the way, is he's for real. Him and KJ Simpson kept that game tight. Those those are some ballers that are going to be fun to watch this year. But how can you not be happy for a guy like Neek, a Colorado kid who had a, a tough situation in Boulder. He comes to CSU. He's kind of reinventing himself and he gets the breakaway jam to kind of put the exclamation point on the entire win. It just, it, it felt very fitting. And, and I was really happy for a couple of really good guys. And honestly, he, uh, post game, he could have took a big victory lap. He could have been, you know, kind of prickish about it or really gloaty if he wanted to just took the high road, really complimentary of his teammates, complimentary of Cody Williams. This is a special group. This is a really special group, both talent wise and just the, the, the type of people they are. And, and they're easy to root for. Well, and you realize the kind of jump kids really make as upperclassmen, you know, like something just kind of clicks in that junior or senior year for a lot of kids and they take that jump. And with Neek, I think you just needed to wait a little bit. It's awesome to see he's found just a perfect situation. I mean, Isaiah was amazing, amazing last night. Just, you know, he can do whatever he wants in the first half. The distributor, he hits that double-double so early, so early in the game, you know, and double-digit assist and then had to take over as a score to to make sure that that lead didn't evaporate. And he was there every single moment. You know, he just uh, leads the team. He gets to its spots. It's just beautiful to see a a guy in such control. And it's awesome to see how much size and diversity they have in that kind of wing to combo forward position. I loved how Scott played. I thought he was so important, just kind of mucking it up, getting to the line when he needed to, um, you know, drawn fouls, being there, you know, the Rams lost the rebounding battle. It didn't matter because of how hard they played. They, you know, they got so many more steals out, assisted the buffs. Um, and Bemba, even though the scoring impact wasn't as much, especially in the first half, I really felt his impact was really, I, and, dude, this guy's a fresh, like watch out. Um, and a freshman, you know, come come from overseas. I've done that. Like, that's not a, just a, like, nothing adjustment. Um, so for him to already be with discomfort, and Neek's another guy like that. It's just a cool team, man. It's a fun team with a lot of options, and they really play great and together on both sides of the court. I think you set that up perfectly. The, the depth was the big difference in this one. And uh, I'm going to allude on that here in uh, just a second, or go more into, I guess I should say, 
I got like four hours of sleep, guys. Cut me a break. When you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker win for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no fee while they're working on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Dre, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. That's with a B. Just insanity. Uh, They've got neighborhood locations in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins, but they do serve all of Colorado. They've got more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff, so they have the power to serve you. Bax and Shanker help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bacchus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Uh, Buying tickets should not be a stressful process. With game time, they ensure that it isn't. So So many sites these days, when you're trying to buy a ticket, you see one price. It's listed at like 17 bucks. Then you get hit with nine different fees. All of a sudden, your $17 ticket's actually That's a $36 ticket. It's ridiculous. I'll vote for whatever politician gets rid of all of that. But uh, game time, they're, they're doing their part. They are trying yeah. to make it less of a crappy experience. The price you see is the price you get. You can get all kinds of killer deals, up to 18% savings with their zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats. And hey, an opportunity to save around... 20%, which is epic. You can see the seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. Uh, get the best deals on last-minute tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download that app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply. Again, create an account. Use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hell. All right, Jay. You set this up perfectly. Uh, Isaiah Stevens, he was a maestro. Uh, I got some people tweeting at me. I haven't had a chance to watch the broadcast yet. I'll go back and rewatch it today. But I guess they said Isaiah Stevens was kind of quiet in the first half, which to me, I, I don't know what you're watching. If you thought that was the case, he was running the show out there. I mean, as just setting everything up, getting nice catch and shoot opportunities for guys. Joe Palmer hit a couple of huge threes, really is the, the energizer bunny for this team off the bench. Got Joel Scott, the ball in the post, who you were just hyping up. Um, and then in that second half, when he needed to turn it on, 18 points in that second half to go along with five more assists to solidify that double-double. Yeah, It was pretty fun watching him and KJ Simpson and, and Cody Williams go back and forth. And again, you know, uh, all rivalry aside, I'm a college hoops guy. Cody Williams, the touch he displayed was pretty damn impressive. And the the jump that KJ Simpson has made this year is is incredible because I, I honestly think if it wasn't for KJ Simpson, this is probably a twenty point CSU win. Totally, man, totally, and it's because they needed some tough shots, right, from those guys. And Isaiah has the Rams just playing a lot more rhythm. Both those offenses, though, are pretty epic. Like usually college hoops, I'm slamming the under. It's like count on college kids to go cold for like 10 minute stretches. Not these two teams. My God, they put it up. Um, but that's the other thing about the Rams is like they can play. And I mean, Creighton was a completely different game, right? Low scoring. They shut it down. Like they just put the clamps on them. Um, it's, it's just when you have the maestro of the orchestra, what, what more can you say about Isaiah Stevens after what we've said the last two weeks? Retire number four, man. It needs to be in the rafters when it's all said and done. Coincidentally, McKenna Hofshield, who will probably go down as the greatest CSU women's basketball player outside of Becky Hammond, also wears number four. CSU women's hoops also 5-0 and and undefeated. So shout out to the Rams. As Dre said earlier, we're Hoop State. Nuggets are champs. Both these programs are rolling in Boulder and Fort Collins on the men's and women's side. We're a hoop state these days, so uh, lean in and lean all the way in. While uh, while I do have nothing but good things to say about Cody Williams and KJ Simpson, ultimately the, the big difference in this game was just the depth. I mean, you look at what Isaiah Stevens was able to do, that was huge. But, I mean, CU didn't have somebody like Joe Palmer hitting three crucial threes you know, off the bench. Jalen Lake goes for 16 off the bench. The dude has a broken finger. He's going to have surgery this week, and he's out for six weeks now. Went 4-7 from the floor. 
was awesome. Another guy that I just can't help but be happy for after everything he's been through selflessly being a six man after being, you know, a starter last year. Oh. It's those little things that make this work and what make this team potentially generational. I mean, if you beat Washington, you're staring down the possibility of a perfect non-conference slate. I mean, you don't want to overlook anybody. St. Mary's is still a tough game. Going to Loyola Marymount is going to be like an 8 p.m. tip. That's going to be a little concerning, just kind of a wonky atmosphere. But God, the, the depth was on display. And so many guys stepped up in key moments for CSU in this one. Yeah, and I mean, now with the Creighton win and this win, what quadrant do those go into as we start? Prematurely, I start to look ho- ahead to a large bid would look like. I mean, the Creighton win is going to be a Q1 win. I think CU should be a quad one win. Um, they're like top 35 Ken Palm. Their metrics are going to be pretty good. Um, and I mean, St. Mary's quad- can't be like that low and Washington's going to be... Even if split that you're entering the conference slate really set up nicely with about as good a resume as you could hope yeah i mean i honestly like best case you know coming into the season you hoped that you could have a hot start here i mean you certainly didn't expect to be creighton like you you knew you could give them a game i mean csu beat creighton by double digits two years ago too it's not like this is something new for this program it's it's been competitive under nico medved but yeah, I, I I think they should have a chance for like four Q1 wins, um, at least quad two, you know, before we even get to the conference slate where you're able to to pick up some more with trips to San Diego State. Um, you know, Viejas, that's going to be an insane game this year. Uh, the Pitt in New Mexico is supposed to be pretty good. Nevada as well. So it's just a really great spot. And obviously, if they can win the league, that's going to be huge. I've got a question uh, shout out to my brother, Brandon, in the comment section. Oh, yeah. Rams got outboarded 34-21. A three-point shooting was a huge difference for us. Can we continue to count on seven to ten three-pointers a game? I mean, yeah, you don't want to have to go 70% from the floor, but I think what Dre said earlier was important to... This team has already displayed they can win in a variety of ways. Three-point shooting is just stylistically in this Princeton offense with all the, the ball reversals and all the kickouts that you're going to have off the drive. It's, it's going to be a big part. And if the, the shots aren't falling, that's going to be tough. But I mean, they beat Creighton on a, on a game where they shot less than 20% from three point range and they dominated in the paint despite not having the, the size advantage. Now, Patrick Cartier's health, that's going to be huge. He's a guy that, you know, you're basically counting on giving you 15 a night. 12 of which are, are usually going to come in that post area. Um, if they have more injuries here down the stretch, we'll see what happens with Bemba. Um, left the game with what looks like kind of a, a rolled ankle. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. I don't want to speculate too much just because I don't have any information, but he was able to walk off and it didn't look too bad. That's just, oh, that's so painful when you roll your ankle on the basketball. Like I've broken multiple bones and I think rolling my ankle on the basketball court might have yeah might have no touched top that Ugh. for sure and i mean i think definitely the three pointers are where you're making up some of that advantage you're also making it up on the turnovers you know you keep taking care of position possessions limiting turnovers on your side and then force all the steals that the rams were able to force and just keep playing that stifling team defense that they're playing um then i think yeah you can allow a few extra possessions on the boards because you're making up for them on the other way and you're just like more efficient offensively because of the point guard you have well and this team is so dangerous on out in transition like with all the steals they're getting that's where you know the addition of of neat clifford has been so huge and having a, a healthy josiah strong a guy who had a massive play at the end of the first half i mean you, you just look at the box score and you see i think he had four points you're not going to be like, oh, Josiah Strong, what an impact. But, I mean, he was a huge perimeter defender for CSU in this one. And he got a really timely steal to close out that first half. The Rams closed on a, a 5-0 run there at the end of the first half. Josiah Strong gets a steal on the inbound, makes a layup. As time expires, CSU goes into the break up 15. I mean, see, who came out scoring in that second half. You end up winning this game by five. Obviously, you still had 20 minutes after that. I don't want to say that's the difference in the game, but it was a really important swing. And it just goes back to 
the depth and, and so many different key guys stepping up in key moments for CSU. I've got a question from Colton here. Can Javante Johnson fill in for Lake? I think he can fill some of those minutes. Um, I, I think you're going to kind of depend on a, a couple of guys here. I mean, Joe Palmer is going to get more minutes with, with Lake out for, for six weeks. But yeah, that, that's why you bring in a guy like Javante Johnson from New Mexico who started for the Lobos at one point who can be a really dangerous scorer, especially can help you kind of make up some of that um, lost production. Uh, defensively, I do think you're, you're kind of going a step back there. But I mean, when you've got guys like Headband Joe, definition of hustle out there, you can help make up the margins. Um, we got a super chat from Evan Hodson, our guy back again. Much love, man. I really appreciate the support. Love seeing Horton and Holker at the game. Selfishly hoping they see the payoffs they is getting from coming back another year. National attention beating CU at home after losing last season in Boulder. Hey, it's a great point, man. We're going to talk CSU football here in just a second or a couple minutes here. But I mean, there, it can work out sometimes when you come back. And I do think that there's a lot of value and being that guy, I mean, the community will always give back to you when you, you know, give back to the community. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there are NIL possibilities, you know, you got to see. You got to see. That's kind of what I meant. I was just, yeah. 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 Dollar, dollar bills, yo. You want to you wanna keep talent in Fort Collins? We need to build that NIL collective. Uh, John Weber does a great job. Um Really shout out to him, man. Like huge that we were able to retain Isaiah Stevens this year. Huge that you're able to add a couple of impactful transfers. It goes a long way. Uh, the NIL collective in Fort Collins, still plenty of room for growth, but um, you know, we, we certainly are, are well on our way. Um, a couple of more takeaways here, and I'm obviously going to focus a ton on this game, guys. I'm going to write two or three pieces today, probably do another podcast. I mean, it, this was just so much fun and I'm so in on this team. I, I can't wait to dive into it. Dre, one of the things that really stood out to me in this one, and very similar to what we saw against Boston College and, and Creighton, the Rams just always had a response. Like to CU's credit in this atmosphere, this game very easily could have gotten away from them, especially with the way the first half ended. Like it, it just could have compounded. If the Rams come out hot, extend that lead, I think you know there's a chance they run them out of the building. CU kept fighting back, and that's a testament to that program's fight and to the talent they have. But any time that they got within like five, six, and this was the same with Creighton, boom, you know, Isaiah Stevens creates something, the Rams get a three, boom, easy layup or a, a mid-range jumper. Like, they're just so calm, cool, and collected, even when things get a little rough, even at the end there, you know, like the, the trap gave them some issues that had me a little uneasy I there know. for about 30 that seconds. Was- Mm, are we going to figure this out? Like what's yeah. going on here? Like, please do not do this. If, um, I, I couldn't have taken that might've actually broke me. If they, <laughs> no, if they blew that one. I honestly, I'm when I watch the Rams, I'm mostly concerned for your health. Justin. <laughs> mostly watching as a concerned friend more than anything. Now. Um, it, it all starts from Isaiah how cool and collective they are, how, how well they, um, how efficient they are. And it's also, I mean, they just have a lot of diversity and options with how this, this team stacks up with it's the depth too, you know? Um, but no, it's a, it's a really complete team. And that stood out to me too. Both sides, like the second half was really like a lot of teams as it starts to get tighter in that kind of situation, might have some shaky moments. The Rams were just cool, collective, found answers every single time. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the Buffs could have totally just like whittled away and they kept fighting. It, it was far more high scoring than I expected in the second half, honestly, with how things kind of unwinded in the first. But both teams really played some some resilient ball. Um, and yeah, and out there too, because I don't think the defensive intensity lacked or anything in the second half i mean it, guys were handsy out there honestly the refs were calling a lot but yeah I, I was very impressed with the shot making on both sides some really tough finishes in the paint some really high quality iso finishes neat clifford had one in particular with the yeah. the shot clock winding down where he hit a fadeaway in the in the face of tristan de silva who had a tough game and, and shout out to neat clifford mm-hmm. and, and josiah strong for really 
I mean, he was a non-factor in this one. So is Eddie Lampkin, completely, completely out of the picture. And again, that was just kind of yeah. the big difference. Well, is Simpson do didn't get enough out of those other stars? I I do think there's something to this front court with front court with guys like Scott and Mbemba, who can just kind of muck it up. You know, like they can. They can buy you a few fouls. They can buy you a few boards. Like they can, they can just when you need it and you need to slow down momentum or kill momentum or ma- just make things harder for your opponent. Or, you know, maybe things aren't coming as easily on offense and you just got to grind out a position possession. Those guys are there to do it. And it's like, it's a, it's a nice little wrinkle to this team that it's like, yeah, when when you need to mix it up a smidge, those guys are there there to do it. And like that, I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I think this team's just more versatile than two years ago. And mm-hmm. while I, I will say that having a two-headed monster and Roddy and Stevens, there were it was there was just very few times where they were both gonna be off. It did kind of happen in that Michigan loss and NCAA tournament, unfortunately. Second. But yeah. But I mean, you could kind of count on one of those guys was always going to show up. Now, you know, you wonder if Isaiah Stevens has an off night, who's going to be the guy that like puts the ball on the floor, mm-hmm. hits some big shots, creates for himself and or others. Uh, you know, maybe it's somebody like Tavy Jackson, who's coming back from injury or Kyan Evans, true freshman, or you know, maybe you see somebody like Nick Clifford, you know, put on the floor and just kind of get to the hoop. He's obviously so athletic, but Top to bottom, the versatility, the depth of this group, and just the talent and athleticism. I think this team's ceiling is potentially even higher than that special team two years ago just because of how well-rounded they are. Isaiah's only gotten better as a facilitator and shot maker. I mean, some of these shots he hits are just insane. Yes. I think this can be a generational CSU team. And I know it's early. Like, we're not even to December yet. And there are plenty of instances of a team that comes out hot, starts six, seven and oh, then completely flames out down the stretch with, with what we've seen from this group with how composed they've been. I don't know, man, like I'm starting to believe that like a sweet 16 run, like I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously you've got to win a lot of games between now and then, and anything can happen in the tournament, but I, I don't know why I shouldn't believe that that's possible with this group. I don't know why I shouldn't think that this team can win the Mountain West, even in a in a conference with San Diego State coming off a national title appearance. Dream away, my friend. There's no reason not to. Um, it's going to be a great season, a season that, you know, we'll be following closely and will have us engaged all the way. The only thing I'll say to what you just said, I don't know that Isaiah Stevens can have a quiet night. He can have cold shooting nights, right? He's I think still going to impact the game positively. That's though. exactly right, man. It, yeah. 11 assists, three turnovers, getting to the line eight times. Those are things that are going to be hard to take away from Isaiah, even on That's off nights. And that I don't know. He, I'm not going to say, I don't know. I feel like his game wasn't quite at that level. Right. And now to have that, that general, that, that point God, running your offense, it's just a smidge different because an off night is still kind of an on night. That's spot on, dude. I mean, it's. I think I said it when we were talking hoops last time. He's just kind of Jokic-esque in a sense where every year he's gotten better. I don't think he's going to, and then he comes back better. He's gotten bigger and stronger. He's always been able to get to the paint, like despite not being the biggest guy. Mm-hmm. But that ability to get to the line whenever he wants, he can get to any spot on the floor and get a shot. I mean, yep. it's, it's just insane. His handle. I'm so excited for this team. Uh, I'll talk plenty of CSU hoops this week, guys. I, I can't wait. We'll have another live show this weekend uh, after a, a big game against Washington on Saturday out in yep. Vegas. I do want to shout out our friends over at hero bread right now. Hero bread is offering the DNVR fam 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co, use our code DNVR to save on Hero Bread today. That's H E R O.co to save 10%. Hero Bread is soft and fluffy. It's delicious. Uh, it's high in fiber, uh, low in carbs. Um, I mean, it's really just a perfect option in this holiday season when, you know, we, we got to be conscientious of what we're putting in the old body here. 
Yeah, we're overdoing it a smidge. So Hero Bread's the kind of nice, nice option to go with. They've really been an awesome partner, so check them out. We love Hero Bread. You're going to love Hero Bread as well. Uh, I also want to shout out our presenting sponsors that, of course, High Plains Strains, if you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. They've got a wide variety of products, uh, including high-potency concentrates, infused edibles, some of the best flour in the state. There are three High Plains Strains locations in northeastern Colorado, one on Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, and one in Sedgwick. If you are out there, they are the bee's knees. You can order online at highplainsstrains.com. They've got drive throughs just like Starbucks. You don't even have to get out of your car. I use the code DNVR online or in stores. And I get some of these awesome deals. They got a full ounce for 80. That's a great deal. Um, eighths for 25. Mammoth one gram cartridges for 15. Exquisite extracts, four for 40. Remember to use that code DNVR online. Or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. All right. We're, we're switching gears here. We're... we're Switching over to football, um, it's tough. I've tried not to think about it that much. I have a lot of postseason takeaways that I need to get to on the the written side, mm-hmm. and I am looking forward to diving into it. And I've I've talked about it a lot on the pod these last couple of days. But I wanted to to pick your brain, Dre, because obviously you've been following this team all season long. We've been following this conference all season long. Uh, this loss to Hawaii felt kind of like a perfect summation of the year. Like there's some really great plays, uh, but far too inconsistent as a whole. You're competitive, but come up short. Um, You know, you're not, you're not able to finish, which was a consistent problem for this team all season long. I don't know. There's just a lot of positives you can build off of, but a really frustrating year. Yeah. Frustrating. I think the biggest frustration is they probably surprised us and played better than, we expected in the games where they were big dogs. Um, Air Force Wyoming, kind of, eh, maybe not, but, you know, CU, UNLV, Boise, of course. Um, but then it felt like there was a handful of games that was like, no, they're clear favorites. They're more talented. And obviously, we know all the traps of going to the island. We saw how this Hawaii team was improving. That backfield really impressed me. Um, Their quarterback was just nails most of the game. Um, And against those teams, you kind of felt like the Rams, at least at this point of the Mike Norvell tenure era. I'm I'm sorry, Mike. I hate Mike Norvell. I almost called Isaiah Isaiah Simmons earlier, which I know he's Isaiah Stevens. He's been in my life for like four years. I'm just, it's it's idiot brain because I juggle too many sports names. So I apologize. Um, Jay, of course. Where you thought maybe we were past that hump. And again, this isn't specifically about the Hawaii game, which like we could have seen a three-point loss coming on the island from a mile away. That shouldn't be surprising shocking or anything and it was a weird weird ass game man because they start so hot i want to be critical of the defense but the, the defense starts well they're forcing a lot of third and longs and they keep doing that they're getting pressure but hawaii's just nails they're kind of able to overcome it they're able to convert third and long you very early in the season we're talking about the struggles of this team defensively and getting off the field on third down. That was kind of a consistent theme in this Hawaii game. And then, you know, I want to be critical of the defense because it felt like shit. They couldn't quite figure it out. But then you look at the game. I mean, Hawaii's at 21 points very early in the third and they hold tough to give the offense a chance. Um, There there were just, there were a lot of instances where this defense really there their power was being able to withstand death by a million paper cuts and kind of hang tough and give the offense a chance late in more games than maybe they had business hanging in. And then the offense was able to get back in it, but not quite able to get over the hump. And it's, ah, man. Well, again, it's just like the inability to play complimentary football for most of this year when the offense was rolling, the defense struggled when the defense was rolling, the offense struggled. And even in this game, there were the stretches of that. Like I think to me, the turning point, and I said this Sunday morning was 
you have that opportunity. You're driving early. You have a chance to go up 14-0. If you do that, the entire dynamic of that game changes. And instead, yeah. you throw a really bad interception. And Torrey was open, and the ball was late, and it was behind him. And, it, you know, I've, I've it's just kind of been the... <laughs> The story with this team all year, they're consistent. I'll give them that. I mean, you know, they are who they are, but it was just very frustrating. Um, even more so, I think, because there was so much improvement. You double your offensive points per game. The offensive line is night and day. You had a top 15 offensive line in the country in terms of pass pro. It took a while to get the run game going, albeit some weird circumstances with the, the injury situation, Avery Morrow and Kobe Johnson. If those guys stay healthy, they would have been huge, huge factors for CSU this year. But I mean, that's just how it goes. Sometimes you, you do find Justin Marshall late in the season, which is really exciting. A guy that has a chance to, you know, be your feature back moving forward along with uh, Damian Henderson. And, you know, you saw some good stuff from Van Shield this year as well, but it's just tough. And I mean, the, what it ultimately comes down to is, you know, you didn't beat any rivals. And you miss the postseason, which are the two biggest factors you judge uh, the success of a college football season on. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a completely failed season. Like, you had the most wins you've had since 2017. You know, you see a clear identity. You play 11 straight competitive games. That's something that you haven't been able to to do in, in a long time. And it takes some time. And I do think that this team underperformed. But I also think that's part of the process of like overcoming these losing habits. And it was tough to yep. sit with, especially this weekend. But I don't know. One of the things I talked about, I want to ask you about, I think it was 2018 when the Nuggets lost game 82 in yeah. Minnesota with an opportunity to, to go to the postseason. And frankly, I was really mad that game and was like, they need to move on from Mike Malone. And thank God they did it. Thank okay. God they built on what that team was doing well. They made some tweaks and they were able to figure it out here. It's a process, man. With, yeah. We've known that Nikola Jokic was good enough to win a title for five years, but it was a process. And fortunately, this process with rebuilding CSU football is, you know, taking a, a little bit longer than we would have hoped. Yeah. And sometimes that process is very specifically learning how to win games that all you knew was how to lose them because they've definitely figured out how to hang hang around games and compete and be there at the very end to kind of win every single one of these on a coin toss i mean in a lot of cases now is the next step and the next step a lot of it starts with bfn i mean you highlighting that interception you're absolutely right and he just, even though we've seen it time and time again, he hasn't been able to consistently do what he does best, which is hang in the pocket and deliver those timely throws over the the intermediate part of the field. And he can do the extraordinary, he, like that fourth down throw to Horton. He dropped it in a bucket, hit him in stride in between yeah. two defenders. He's insane. The throws he can make are high-level NFL caliber throws. It's just the inconsistency, and and you're spot on, man. I mean, he's just—they've got to find a way. Even in that Nevada game, like they missed on four or five opportunities to just break that game wide open. You know, it's just little throws here and there. Um, but he obviously has the the mindset. I love the attitude that he brings. I think that this team responds to to that. I think you need that in your quarterback, but. They've just got to find a way to be more consistent on both sides of the football. The the defense regressed statistically despite bringing back all of your key guys, despite having the conference player of the year in Mo Camara. Right. I mean, it's it's just a weird year. Like he's weird year, weird game. Felt very fitting the way that this uh, the season ended on the island. It's true. It really did. Um, and now you rebuild from a lot of these guys. You know, even though you're. Potentially, um, you know, Mo and a few others who have really been stars for the last couple seasons, you'll lose. I mean, BFN, Marshall, these young wide receivers, your two starting offensive tackles. Gatku has been mind-blowing the second half of the season. He's um, going to be a freak, guys. Like, he's, he's all length. He's huge. He is a freak. Muscle. 
Yeah, yeah, no. And he's just learning the game. Um, he's great off ball, on ball. And the back seven, you know, should be a lot more mature next season. Um, what do you so think about going to a 4-3 definitely... potentially? I think it'd make more sense. I think it's easier I think it to would find too. athletes like that. Yeah. I also think that it might help. Like, I'm not saying you can't throw some, you know, nickel and dime sets out there, but I just think being in this four-two-five, it makes you susceptible up the gut. And I, I just, when we were in that four-three against Air Force, I, I just I liked how the defense looked, and I, I just think they're better suited physically to to play that style. It, it's hard to get, you know, five quality DBs mm-hmm. in the Mountain West. It just is. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, then you're taking less muscle off the second level which stresses your front more and i think it's harder to find those guys for that kind of front who need to sustain the run a little more where a classic three you can find more just like one gap penetrators which are a bit easier to find so that's another like caveat in recruiting d-line and dbs you know it's going to be interesting 2024 is a pivotal year for the program huge uh, there are a lot of young guys that you're excited about moving forward. As Dre mentioned, the recruiting class looks pretty good. I think there's some guys that I think are, are really going to shine. Um, Philip Ocon, an offensive lineman out of LA, is a really versatile athlete. I'm excited about the Colorado kids are, are all excited. A couple yeah. of a legacies, too. Son of Sean Moran, which is cool. Um, Greg Myers kid. I mean, it's it's really Dagan. Uh, Dagan. I'm, I'm going to have to get a confirmation on how you pronounce that one but um, i'm really excited uh, i'm really excited for the future i'm frustrated with how this season played out as a whole um i'm really disappointed but i also do believe that it is an instance where you have to be patient and just kind of understand that you do have the right man for the job and jay norvell I, I do think it's clear that this program is more competitive i think they're gonna turn that corner um it just didn't happen when we wanted it to. And that stinks. It stinks. Like, I'm not telling anybody they, they shouldn't be frustrated. But the thing is, is we're, we have 20 years of frustration. And you can't let 20 years of frustration overcome logic and basically be put on Jay's shoulders when it's like, it's, it's not an Iowa situation. You know, it's not like we've had this guy here for years and years and years and years. He came in after a disastrous tenure and they had to rebuild this roster from the ground up and they're doing it. I mean, the, the guys they're bringing in are making plays on defensive line at the receiver. I mean, recruit a guy like Dallin Holker. Like it's clear they can identify talent. No, they just I mean, have a... to find out how to win, which has been a CSU problem for four staffs now. Absolutely. And I mean, objectively the team has improved that that's, obje- I mean, that is not debatable. That's the facts right there. The team has improved. You see a path forward and um, you just see like some coherent thought in, yeah, oh yeah, the talent they're bringing in, it's showing up, it's being developed, it's improving. Um, and I think there's, you know, in this era, it's all move, lots of moving parts. You're figuring things out on how to build a program exactly. But I, I think two years in, you you got to like the signs you saw by year two. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, we're going to wrap up with some conference championship picks this weekend. College football coming to an end. I'm going to give my essential final power rankings of the year. I mean, whoever wins the, the Mountain West championship will ultimately end up at the top. But we are going to have some fun with it. A real quick take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays, they're an independent sunglass company, but they offer a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I take mine everywhere because what's awesome about Shady Rays is if you lose or break your pair, they'll replace them for you instantly. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence. They're always going to have your back, just like I am always going to have your back for CSU coverage. Uh, Shop the collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. Um, Yeah, nobody loves Shady Rays more than Dre. I can say that confidently. I love my Shady Rays, 100%. 
They're the best. Check them out, man. Insane deal every single time. So, and use our code. Come on, support the pod. Support the pod. Shade Rays currently doing their biggest sale of the year, by the way. Don't miss out for their deals on shades, snow goggles, prescription sunglasses, and more. Go to shadyrays.com. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Well done. Thank you, man. Sounded like Christopher Walken there for a second. Um, I got a fever. I need more shady rays. (laughs) Very well done. (laughs) All right, let's do uh, the Mountain West Power Rankings, and we'll get into a couple of championship picks here. Dre, our betting expert here at DNVR Sports, amongst other things, he's a man that wears many, many hats. Uh, Coming in, we're just going to go through it quick. At number 12, Nevada. Tough spot. The reason I have them at 12 is because they're in limbo. They don't know if they're going to bring Ken Wilson back or not yet, which is just an awful spot. It speaks to the financial restraints they have as a program. I think his buyout drops like December 3rd or something. But at that point, you're just way behind the ball. You have very little time to put a recruiting class together. As to your options are bring back a terrible coach or fire a terrible coach and bring in a guy who will have no chance to succeed. Um, so Nevada at 12, um, New Mexico at 11, they fired Danny Gonzalez bummer. Um, but he yeah. had a chance to p- pick up a big win and, and keep Utah state out of a bowl. And I'll be honest, uh, for as much as I've defended him, he had some questionable calls, go for the win teams. If you have nothing to lose and you have a chance to go for two, to go for the win, just do it. Yeah, control your own destiny, man. It's a shame. It's a shame. He went out with a bang. I am happy they were at least competitive down the stretch. Like, he's a good guy. He even was still really complimentary of the program on his way out. Like, just a a good guy through and through. Um, But I'll be honest, I don't really see the point in firing him. I have seen some pretty big names linked to the New Mexico job, and they actually do have more uh, donor support than you would you would think um, just with athletics usually goes to basketball, but maybe they'll, they'll throw it towards football. Um, 10, we've got San Diego state fresh off the hiring of Sean Lewis. What do you think about that? Yeah. Very interesting hiring. I mean, I think his offense is a really nice offensive scheme and he's done it as a head coach in the Mac. I think San Diego state is an upgrade interesting the path he's taken but i mean i think this is a pretty good hire a quick hire by them which i thought was interesting um and you know san diego state's not going to be the way they were this year for very long regardless of who's coaching there no i mean they're always gonna have great athletes i am curious just it's obviously a massive change stylistically going from Oh, huge. And I think it makes total sense just with the lack of excitement surrounding that program. Like, let's let's try and score some points and at least be fun, if nothing else. It's also the classic, right? Like, we went one way, now we're going the complete opposite. True. It's basically Adasio J. Norvell. Like, yep, <laughs> we don't want the old fart anymore. Give us the air raid guy, please. Going from uh, Larry Eustacey to Nico Medved. Yeah, completely yeah. different directions. Um, number nine, Colorado State. Um Bummer. Started the year at seven, I think. Ultimately, end up at nine. Head-to-head had to matter with this one. I think CSU is a better team than Hawaii. I think if they play 10 times, Rams probably win eight or nine, but the the head-to-head has to matter. So Hawaii at eight. um, Fresno State at seven. I almost put Hawaii over Fresno State after the way they ended the season. I mean, the power rankings are kind of a like the wind in your sails going into the final week and wind and sales rankings wise. I could see the case on that for sure. Fresno's drop off drastic. And I think CSU, that's probably the lowest you've had them all year or tied. Yeah, for that's, that's a bummer, but I mean, yeah, you miss a bowl. So it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, six Utah state. It, no, they're all over the place, but they won a really exciting game. They went into walk off, uh, Fun story. They are a fun team to watch for as as fluky as it is. I don't understand how they keep doing this year after year, but good for them. Good for Blake Anderson. Um, Five Air Force, another team that has just fallen off the map, man. I mean, 
start eight no and they lose four straight to lose the year look like a shell of themselves they sure did um it's kind of hard to explain because there was some turnover from the last season the offense looked different they seemed to have added some stuff so i i really didn't see this coming at all kind of one of the worst drop-offs injuries seen. but yeah it was, it was so weird like i expected them to struggle early on and then they just look phenomenal out of the gate and a really really weird season to assess but uh still an eight win team still have a chance to be a nine win team with the bowl win so i still think they should be five um Wyoming at four, coming off of a dominant win over Nevada. They finally pick up a road win. One and five on the road this year, I think, or two Crazy. and four. Uh, really weird. But take care of business against the bad teams. That's the next Dude, level. That's the next step for CSU is kind of yep. getting to where at least where Wyoming's at. And again, it, you know, you want to be a championship level team, but there's levels and you've got to. We can't skip steps, you know. We gotta summon our nuggets here. Can't That's skip right. steps, um, especially if you want it to be sustainable and not just a flash in the pan season. Boise State number three, um, really coming up hot. This I'm gonna just here. Let's just wrap this up at the end. I want to get your take on this. I I think San Jose State is the hottest team in the conference due to tiebreakers. Yes. They don't end up in the title game, and you know they had a slow start. They started one and five, I think. So that's that's tough, but they picked up a decisive win over UNLV on the road. Chevin Cordero is probably the best quarterback in the conference. I mean, I, I genuinely think they are playing the best football right now, but that's the whole season counts. It's not just right now. They are no doubt bigger favorites in this championship game um, than Boise is. And yeah, I mean, they just beat UNLV. Uh, and I mean, uh, yeah, they're by far the best team in the conference right now. The In, in a weird way, the conference kind of went through them at the end. And uh, <laughs> it's crazy, man. What an insane team. The way Air Force went, they went the opposite. Perfectly, perfectly stated. Oh. All right, let's get out of here. But uh, let's give our championship game picks real quick. Uh, Boise UNLV. Boise is super hot right now. Two and a half point favorites in Vegas against the Rebels. I've said it for a couple weeks now. You you can just feel the writing on the wall. Boise gets hot at the right time. GNT runs for like 250 yards and four touchdowns. And despite being a really fun season, the Cinderella story ultimately ends disappointingly with UNLV losing the regular season game at home, followed by the title game. And while I hate to say it, probably followed by Barry Odom taking a, a power five job. We have a consensus that with your mind, not with your heart, it's Boise all the way. It's Boise. I'm I'm pulling for UNLV, but let's make money this weekend, folks. Let's not let's not get sappy. Oregon is playing Washington. Massive spread. Uh, I do oh. think Oregon is better than Washington, but that spread has me terrified. I just. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to default to you on this one. Take the lead. It's all year like this with the damn ducks and I'm trying to fade them and I should just listen to the book because the book knows. But this one's personal for me because I'm I'm just not giving up. I'm not changing it, switching up at the end. If they make the playoffs, maybe I'll switch up there. But give me Washington to at least cover and keep this close. Nine and a half seems insane um i think washington just has you know that that passing game to where they can close the gap and keep it close no matter what goes down so give me washington i'm gonna take oregon i hate leaning into bonics but he all year he's just been so sharp and i think i've got to i've got to let go of my preconceived notions from auburn i've just i've got to let him go yeah um let him go. Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, SEC title game. Bama, five and a half point dogs. I, I've been I've been leaning in on this Bama team for a couple weeks now. I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna say the tide find a way to win a really tight, ugly game. Um, and I think Jalen Milrow maybe wins the Heisman with it. 
Yeah, that's what I've been saying for a couple of weeks. Um, maybe a hot take, but I actually think Alabama's defense might be a smidge better this year. Um, I agree. Milrose far more streakier than Carson Beck, and that offense is Georgia's strength is they can kind of get where they want to go with that offense. It hasn't mattered the changes they've had at OC or quarterback. But I'm writing Bam on this one. This one is a bit, again, this one's personal as well. It's a take I've had for a couple weeks, maybe just based on this week. Georgia, like Oregon's the smart play, but I'm going Bam later. Be, be careful of, especially these consensus. This stinks to high heaven, our first three picks, Jay Mike. I'm warning. I know, I know. I'm getting pushback from my own from my own family in the comment section. That's Good. your heart talking. They lost to Texas at home. Oh, I remember. And I, you know, it's been a funny thing I've talked about the last couple of weeks that with my rankings, uh, my personal top 25, I have Texas ranked over Alabama and I have Washington ranked over Oregon, despite the fact that I think Oregon is better than Washington and despite the fact that I think Alabama is better than Texas. But when your resumes are uh, completely identical, I do think the head to head has to count for something. I think it all gets sorted out this weekend, though. So it, it's it's all going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas, 15 point favorites. There's not a team that I know what to do less with than the Oklahoma State Cowboys right now. I, I yeah, good luck. Good luck figuring out what they're going to do each week. I can't just go on here and be a complete sucker, but I, I don't think it's going to be easy for Texas. I think they're on complete upset alert. They are not the team we saw earlier in the year beat Alabama. It's kind of a San Jose State Air Force thing here, guys. If you haven't adjusted from the out-of-conference, I think you're going to be surprised. Now, this Texas team's good on defense. They're good in the trenches. But again, they, they lost Jonathan Brooks, their best running back. For some, the best running back in the country. That's a huge loss. Cowboys defense is good. They keep this close and cover the 15. I'm with you. I'm a man. I'm 40. We're rolling with Gundy. Uh, Louisville, Florida State, two and a half point favorite um, for Florida State is, I should say, no Jordan Travis. Oh, give me Louisville in an upset. Louisville straight up, yeah. It, God damn it. I'm going to have to like do a parlay fading every single pick of this just to be safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anytime and I agree this much, it's always concerning. But at least we have the Oregon-Washington uh, disparity That's going. That's true. We do have that. Um, Iowa have been in a 22-point game basically all season. This yeah, is a sucker perception bet. Like, I get that it's more likely that Michigan blows them out than it is Iowa wins outright. But this more plausibly should be in the 11 of 15 range, not 22. Just because Iowa, Iowa defensively is just good enough to hang with anyone. They're going to yeah, muck the, it up. They'll limit the possessions. Right. The margins just aren't there. They they play in 30-point games. That There's not going to be that many possessions and points to even get to where 22 is a conversation. It's a it's a math thing more than a football gambling thing. Iowa to cover and keep it within two tons. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, I don't, I, I can take, I'll take Michigan just so we have something different going. I can see a way in which JJ throws, you know, like a couple of bombs. They hit a couple of big runs. And despite the fact where it should be more like a 12 point game, all of a sudden becomes like a 24 point game with a couple of big plays. So I'll take Michigan to cover um, mostly because there's no way these picks are going to hit. If we're, you might have <laughs> talked me into Michigan, honestly, though, boa constrictor analogy. You're right. And they are um, the best team in the country. I think yeah, I genuinely do believe that. I do too. I do too. Well, Thank you for tuning in, guys. This has been such a fun season. Dre, much love, my man. Uh, it's it's been you, just, it's been a blast. I mean, the league's been wide open on the football side. We're going to transition more into hoops talk here over the next uh, coming weeks. I'll have my first Mountain West basketball power rankings next th Thursday. Uh, shout out to everybody. Always proud to be. Peace.
Christmas, I guess.